Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that tallies the score of history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're looking at the story of America's first census, including what the numbers revealed about the young country, for better or for worse. The day was August 2nd, 1790. Federal marshals set out on horseback to begin the first official count of the American people. The census took place during George Washington's first term as president and was authorized by Congress in accordance with Article 1, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution. That law required the federal government to carry out a census of the U.S. population every 10 years. Fulfilling that mandate has never been a simple endeavor even when the nation was relatively small. In 1790, citizens were scattered among 13 rural states and a handful of outlying territories. The only way to reach all of those people was to travel door-to-door on horseback and then post the results in each town to see if anyone had been missed. It was a doozy of a first assignment for the U.S. Marshals, but under the direction of Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson, they got the job done just as census-takers have every ten years since. It was nothing new for a country to take an official tally of its citizens. In fact, many had already done so since antiquity, including Babylonia, China, Egypt, and Rome. 
1749, Sweden became the first modern nation to establish a recurring national census, and a few decades later, the newly formed United States followed its lead. Both countries used census results for traditional purposes like taxation and funding allocation, but the U.S. took things a step further. Its results would also be used for the apportionment of political power. The number of seats that each state holds in the House of Representatives is based directly on the results of the census. That important role is the reason why the census was given a constitutional mandate in the U.S. As the number of residents in each state changes, so too does the size of its representation in Congress. These days, the U.S. Census Bureau sends out specially trained enumerators to get an accurate count of the population, but in 1790, and for nearly a century afterward, that job was done by the U.S. Marshal Service. That's the federal agency that's best known today for its role in witness protection and fugitive recovery. The census law required each of the nation's 16 marshals to hire a series of assistants to help canvass the residents in their respective districts. Roughly 650 assistant marshals set out on August 2, 1790, and over the course of the next nine months, they rode door-to-door -door across the original 13 states, as well as the districts of Kentucky, Maine, and Vermont, and the Southwest Territory, now known as Tennessee. Once their initial counts had been completed, each assistant had to post the results in two public places so that the local residents could report any errors or omissions. When this was done, the assistants delivered their findings to the marshals, who then had four months to verify the results before submitting them as final. Each marshal was paid between $100 and $500 for this service, the equivalent of $3,000 to $16,000 in 2022. Meanwhile, the assistant marshals were given just $1 for every 50 to 300 people they counted. That's about $32 today. As complex a task as it was to reach the widely scattered residents, the census itself consisted of only six questions. It asked the name of the white male householder, and then the names of each member of the household who fell into one of five groups. The categories listed were free white males who were at least 16 years old, free white males who were under 16 years old, free white females, all other free persons, and lastly, slaves. In keeping with the values of the time, or the lack thereof, enslaved persons were counted as three-fifths of a person for taxation and representation purposes. The category Other Free Persons referred to free African Americans, as well as to those of mixed race and to Native Americans who lived among the white population. And yes, that means the vast majority of Native Americans weren't counted at all. You may also be wondering why the original census distinguished between white males over and under 16 years old, yet made no such mention of age for white females. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, that was done to assess the country's industrial and military potential. The government wanted to know if the fledgling nation were to be attacked by Europe or from within by those it held in bondage, did it have enough able-bodied free white men to hold the line. The first U.S. census officially ended on May 2, 1791, the day when the assistant marshals were supposed to hand in their final counts. 
That said, several states and the Southwest Territory were given extensions, and as a result, a final report wasn't issued until 1793. In the end, the total population of the United States in 1790 was said to be a little over 3.9 million people. Neither George Washington nor Thomas Jefferson were fully satisfied with that final count. Both had expected a higher number, and were said to have worried that a smaller population might make them appear weak to their European rivals. Looking back, the most damning figure to come from the first U.S. Census wasn't the nation's total population. It was the number of those people who were enslaved by the others. Almost 700,000. That was the same number as the total population of Virginia, the most populous state in the Union at the time. That means enslaved Africans accounted for approximately 18% of the country's total population in 1790. That's roughly one in every six people. Despite the difficulties of conducting it, the inaugural census only cost the country about $44,000. That's beyond a bargain when compared to the more than $14 billion spent on the 2020 census. In 1790, the hope was that the results of the census would help instill a sense of pride in the public, the feeling that the nation was growing and moving forward. The moral cost of that progress was staring the country right in the face, 700,000 enslaved and counting. But most Americans chose not to see that ugly truth, or at least to do nothing about it. Instead, the results were celebrated. Some people even commissioned commemorative jugs with the census results printed on the side. It was a product requiring such a fine degree of craftsmanship that it had to be imported from England. In that way, the census jug was a fitting souvenir for America at the time, a country that meant to boast about its strength, but in doing so, revealed how weak it really was. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 